Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Strange here with another podcast for you. I do want to preface this by apologizing because a lot of the audio we received from this particular lesson, we didn't get on the live stream. Therefore, we don't have the audio. Uh, This was from our lesson on I Go A-Fishing, Peter's love for the fishing boat there in John 21. And I do hope that you enjoy the uh, last bit of the lesson that we got there. You really get the crux of the lesson in this, I feel like. And I hope you guys enjoy. They come up and those fish are cooked and ready for eating. Jesus come As they come up, Jesus says, come and dine. I love that song. I'll have to see if I can find it on worship service resources because I don't hardly ever sing it. But that was, we used to sing it at Bible Baptist. That was me, Brian, and John Rusnak. We used to sing it. At the end of the song, we'd have a plastic spoon in our pocket. We'd pull it out and say, come and dine. <laughs> but you come with Jesus, he's got the table ready. Jesus has the table spread. They didn't need that fishing boat. He had a love for the fisher's boat. He had a love for these fish. But he needed to learn to have a love for the Lord. He's, he's ready now if he'll just follow the Lord. His nets don't break. If he comes to the Lord, all these disciples come to the Lord, he's got the table ready. We spend so much time trying to gather resources and prepare for the hard times and the harsh winters of life as they come up. We spend all this time trying to gather our fish as much as we can only to find out when we reach the shore of trouble, Jesus already has the table prepared for everything that we need. Jesus says uh, in the book of Matthew, Take no thought what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, what ye shall put on. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. He says, If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more shall he clothe you? He says, Consider the, <coughs> the ravens. Consider the sparrow. He says how they they labor not. And yet God feedeth them. He says how much more shall he feed you? What is Jesus telling us there? He's telling us that Christians have no need of worry or of anxiety. You don't need it. You think your troubles are going to catch God off guard? Like he's up in heaven distracted by something and he looks down and says, oh shoot, I forgot. Matt needed to eat today. Oh man, okay, what what can I I do? That's not how God works. He knows what you have need of before you even need it. And he's got you covered. We have no need of worry. As a matter of fact, the Bible says be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God. We have no need for the boat. We have no need for the fish. We have a need for the Lord. Peter retains his love for the Lord in verse 12. I'm sorry, verse um, 15. It says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon. It's the first time they've spoken to each other since that night. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? 
What do you suppose the these was? <clears throat> Could have been anything. Maybe it was the fishing boat. Maybe he pointed to that old fishing boat Peter used to use years and years ago before he ever met the Lord. And now he's jumped back into it again instead of becoming fishers of men. Like Jesus told them, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Indicating you're done with this fishing boat. He says, Lovest thou thee more than lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Now the word that Jesus is using here for love is in the original language the word agape. And that word is significant because it's a deep love. It's a powerful love. It's a divine love. It's a form of love that we can't aspire to reach for with God. He loves us agape love, but we are incapable of loving him how he loves us. Because when Peter responds, he says, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Peter's using a different word for love. He's not using the word agape. He's using the word phileo. Uh, anybody ever heard of the city of Philadelphia? Does anybody know what it's referred to as? The city of brotherly love. That's what phileo means. It's brotherly love. So what Peter is saying here is he's saying, Yeah, Lord, you know, I love you, bro. We're, we're Facebook friends, you know. I'll, I'll see what you got going on on Twitter, I'm, you know. If I see you in the marketplace, I'll stop and say, hey, what's going on? You know, we're, we're, we're friends. But that's not the word Jesus is using. He's saying, no, no, Peter, do you love me? And he says it the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And I suppose the second time, perhaps he's talking about the fish. And he's pointing to the food that Peter seems to be enjoying so very much. And he says, do you love me more than that meal? Do you love me more than those fish? And he responds again, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Because it's the same words again. Jesus is saying, Do you agape love me? He's saying, I phileo love you. You know? You imagine putting Jesus in the friend zone? And Jesus is saying, I love you, don't you love me? And I say, Well, I'm, I'm so grateful for your friendship. You know? Could you imagine that? That's what Peter's doing here. So Jesus meets him halfway. They say the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Notice that time they didn't say more than these. Just do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? Does anybody have any idea why Jesus said it three times? Rooster. Because he denied the Lord three times. Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. He denied the Lord three times, so Peter asked Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you really love me? Because I heard those curse words you were saying, proving you're not a Christian. Do you really love me? And so Peter was grieved because he said it the third time. But this time Jesus is using the word phileo. He's saying, Okay, Peter, you say you love me like a brother. You say you love me on that level of love. But do you? 
do you really love me the way that you claim to love me? So Peter's response to that is, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. That was Peter's response. He's saying, Jesus, you know everything. You can look into my heart. You can look into my soul. <clears throat> you can look into my very being. You know the thoughts that I think and the emotions that I feel. And you know that I love you the way I said I do. You know that I love you. This time he says, well, this time he says, feed my sheep. But the first time he said, feed my lambs. Lambs and sheep. It's important to get them in all places. But the third time, the phileo love, asking the third time. Jesus now asking about phileo love. Do you love me the way you claim to? How many times we sing the songs in here about loving the Lord? Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. The song we sing with the kids, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Because he first loved me. Um, all these kinds of things we sing about loving the Lord and we claim to love the Lord as Christians and, and this sort of thing, but in, the, in our privacy. Where it's just you and God in the room. Nobody else is there. <coughs> Jesus asks you that question. He sees you. He knows you. And he says, your name. And he says, do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you love me the way you claim to love me? Not out here where everybody can see it, not where it's out on display, in those private moments where it's just you and God. Do you really love me? Because that is foundational for church doctrine. We can talk about why we believe what we believe all day long. Last week we talked about faith and how we can't move forward on anything we believe if we don't have faith. This week it's a similar lesson, but now Jesus is teaching about the foundation of love, and specifically our love for God, and how we as a church cannot function at all the way God wants us to. At all, period. Unless we all learn to love the Lord. You're not going to love the Lord the way you should on day one. It's not the way it works, but it's something we should be working on. We should be getting better all the time at loving Jesus. There's going to be somebody out there who's learned to love him better than you, and that's fine, and that's nothing we should be ashamed of, but we should be getting better at it. You know, one of the things, and that's about anything, right? The more you do it, the better you get at something. I've been practicing woodworking recently, and the more I do it, the better I get. I can show you a table in there I made for my mom that she still uses for some reason. I'm still afraid to this day it's going to fall apart and everything's going to go all over the place. And it just, it looks terrible. It just really does. But the more I do, the more I practice, the better I get. I can tell you that is not true when I play games with my brother. <laughs> it's not. We can be playing any of those games we play together, and he will have a score, a good 20 points higher than mine. And no matter how much I practice, I'm never going to be as good as him, but the more I play, the better I get. That's true of anything. And it's true for our love for the Lord. Listen, love isn't something that comes natural. I think that's a misunderstanding people have. What we think, 
oh, I love my children, it's just what I, it's just natural, I can't help it. Or, oh, I love my spouse, I can't help it, it's just natural. That's not true. Loving something is a choice we make. It's every single day we make that choice. You turn on the news, you'll see stories about mothers who are in jail for drowning their children. Mothers who spend all day long keeping their kids busy with activities or keeping them in daycare, or keeping them in these different places because, not because they have to, they have work or anything, but just because they don't want to have to mess with their kids. They stay home, they could do it, they just don't want to. Loving your kids is a choice you make every day when you wake up. It's not something that you're compelled to do. Parents that stay, parents that pay the bills and take care of their kids, a lot of parents take off. It's not, a, it's not a given. Love is never a given. Loving your spouse, you're not compelled to do that. That's a choice you make. Every day you wake up, you're choosing to love your spouse every single day. Loving Jesus is no different. It's not something that once you get saved, you're just compelled to do. No, no, no. Loving Jesus is a choice you make every morning you wake up. Whether you're going to love Him or whether you're going to ignore Him. And the more days you choose to love Him, the stronger it gets. The stronger it gets, the better it is. And we cannot function as a church until we learn to love the Lord. That's foundational. And that is our lesson for this morning. I want to thank you guys so much for being here. I'm done a little early on my clock. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Nice. All right, so we will be back at 11 o'clock for the morning service.